Hello and welcome to this episode of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I'm your host, George Wacker, and today we're talking with Ben Berman, the director of the recently released ESPN documentary on the American Gladiators television show. Uh, there's so much to the show. If you're a fan, you're going to really want to see this documentary, and we hope you watch it uh, when this is over. Ben is an Allentown native, so we found out how he got interested in filmmaking, uh, where his path took him after he left the Lehigh Valley, and kind of what he likes to do when he returns home. Thank you to our podcast sponsors, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub, WXPN, the Wind Creek Event Center, and of course, Michael Bernadine with Remax Realty. Let's get into it. We're talking with director Ben Berman. Ooh, thank you so much for taking the time to to join us today. You're from the Lehigh Valley. Are you, you said you were in the area now. Are you, are you back uh, hanging out? Yeah. Um, I'm in Allentown visiting uh, some friends. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly my exact location or what part of town. It's near Tillman Square. Okay. Yeah. I, I know where that is. Um, and, and you are. You go to as, as a kid is still around. Which is what I'm going to ask next. You're a Lehigh Valley native. Tell me a little bit about your experience growing up in, in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, I think it was good. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think it was good. And I think being back makes me realize um, the, uh, like we had, we have it, we had it pretty well. And I think the people, a lot of people in Allentown have it pretty, pretty goddamn well. Um. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, no, I, I it was a good, good, uh, good, good place to come up, and you know, you have like the Allentown City not far from here. So like, you know, as you get into like high school and stuff, and you start venturing out, seeing other things, um, you know. And we used to uh, like play at punk shows in Bethlehem. Sure, what was that club man. There was a club. Me and my band started playing at. Sorry, is there cursing okay. on this? Yeah, you're allowed to. We're fine. You know, I'm. I'm. I should know that too, because um, I know what you're talking about. I just the name escapes me. Do you? There was. Yeah. How old are you? I mean, well, I mean, I'm. I'm 42. Okay. Unless you're talking about the Funhouse. No, it, no, no, not the Funhouse. But there, there was, was another one. There was when I was like in junior high, a um, venue club punk like that we would have punk shows at. Um, in the basement of some place in in Bethlehem, and it's yeah, like it's such a familiar. I would have to text someone. Let me let me you see. Know, I bet I can get this answer by the end of this. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tweet it too and see what was the punk. What was it the underground punk show? And you location in Bethlehem back in the day. Okay. It, of course, my buddy is gonna like respond and like he'll he'll just have it on the top of his head. Yeah, yeah I mean, I should know it. I just I wasn't, you know, I, then, I wasn't as involved in that, but yeah, I know of it. Sure. Then there was Club Kerrigan's that was at Planet Trog. You ever sure. mess with Planet Trog? Yeah, they still have shows there. Like they had some. I mean, at least up until a few years ago, they had. Yeah, they bring in like hip hop artists and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, so to answer your question, I think uh, Allentown was a, was a good place to grow up. <laughs> what was interesting to me is that Tim Heidecker grew up in Allentown. Yeah. Uh, 
Vic Berger, I believe, is also he lives in the Lehigh Valley. Or did you know? T- yeah. I mean, it's I don't think you did, but did you know him? Like growing up, he's a little older than you. Yeah, he's so, like seven yeah. or so years old. Tim Heidecker is like a, a seven or so years older than yeah. me. Yeah, he he grew up in Allentown. I think went to Central Catholic, mm-hmm. I believe, um, and wasn't aware of him until I was a senior in college at Temple University okay. in Philly. And a friend of mine introduced me to Tim and Eric's work, but that was before mm-hmm. they were out in L. They were still just in Philly, just making like small little videos and releasing DVD sketches and stuff. Right. Um, and I became a fan of theirs. Scar- Scarlett O'Hara's. Thank you. Yes. Andrew. Okay. <laughs> my, my friend Andrea, whose house I'm staying at, just just texted Perfect. me. Perfect. Heard us. Um. What was I saying? Yeah. Uh. We were talking just about, I, I just thought it was interesting that you guys, you know, collaborate often and then you, you have that connection to the Lehigh Valley. I was just curious, you know, that's, yeah. that's interesting. I think I see that. What, for you, you talked about the AMC, you know, so I'm sure you love movies your whole life, but when did you kind of decide in your mind, I'm going to pursue this for real? It was never a decision in my mind. It was just always there. I, I, all from a very young age, just like was, uh, I just had an inclination. I just always like messed around with my family's, you know, high eight video camera. Josh Burkhouse right. also said, Scarlett Harris, it was under the Boyd Theater. Both have been closed for a long time. Wait, did you say uh, Josh Burke, like the library Josh Burke? No, J- Josh Burke Howe. Oh, okay. I thought it was. Um, uh, That's just sorry. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. What we were that? talking about how you you got started. You're always you know using oh, yeah. your parents' oh, camera. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I would like just make little videos on my own in my basement, or um, make videos with my friends. You know, uh, just around the neighborhood, and that just kept on. I never stopped <laughs> doing that, um, which is kind of the best. Uh, in junior high, would like make little music videos for my band and other people, and. Mm-hmm. And then it just, yeah, kept kept on, as you get older, just kind of growing in scale a little bit and trying new things out. And then I, I just always knew that I would want to, you know, pursue that and go to film school. And my, my family was very supportive of that. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it was just uh, always there from the beginning. And do you. Because you talk about all the different types of filmmaking you enjoy, you know, do you perceive yourself as a documentary filmmaker, or you know, do you kind of feel like you're just a filmmaker? I, I don't know if that's the right type of question, but that's a perfect question, and it's something I I think about or have to, uh, you know, deal with or something. Um, I I I used when people ask what I did in the past, I used to call myself. A, I used to say I'm a director. Because I was, and to me, um, directing is is absolutely a certain uh, thing, and and you have to have certain um, an aptitude for certain things. Uh, so, like I, I directed some comedy television shows. Uh, sometimes would like be a guest director, and in those scenarios, you just kind of like it's someone else's thing. There's like a showrunner, there's a creator, there's all the people that like normally make the show and then you just come in for like like an episode or two and like kind of help help it along but that's really like you can't overstep 
you know, you, you don't need to have, right. you should have like a big vision. It's just like helping them do their thing. Um, and then that was always like, um, it was always my pursuit and what I found myself doing, but like didn't always feel right. People would have problems with me. I would feel, I would be disappointed in what was being asked of me. Um, Cause I think I, I don't know, I, I have bigger, something bigger in mind or something. Um, and then I just found myself starting to make the, my first documentary, the amazing Jonathan documentary mm -hmm. that's on Hulu. And um, that uh, did, did well. We got into Sundance, we sold it to Hulu at Sundance. And then when it came out, people were responded positively to it. Some people, uh, most people. Um, and that's when I started to call myself a filmmaker as opposed to a director, because I was doing my own work. Um, but now even today, I think I've tossed in, some people describe me as a documentarian because I've made two documentaries in a row, but I certainly think of myself as a filmmaker, not solely tied to, to documentary because narrative is part of my background and what I'd like to be part of my future. Sure. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to say that you inserted yourself into the story because it's not, it doesn't feel like that. Like it's, it really feels like when you're it watching, is, at least with the American Gladiators, like we're learning along with you, you know, there's, and we'll talk about some of this, but there's things that happen that I, I hope, or I, it, you didn't expect to have happened and it changed the direction, um, the way that the story went. So yeah. do you have to be open to that with the amazing Jonathan documentary? I'm assuming, you know, before that other film crew was there, you, you had an idea of what was going to happen. And then that changed. And even with American Gladiators, you know, you were given Dan Carr's book, or even you found out he existed. And then that changed how um, it went. So do you kind of go into these thinking, I need to be ready for whatever's around the corner and, and roll with it? Yeah, I, I think with the with the amazing Jonathan doc, I started it just imagining that it would be like a short film, like a 15 minute short film, verite, slice of life, you know, little art piece about a magician facing his mortality with humor and whatnot. So I started filming for that. And then six months into it, when he was about to go back on tour and I was going to film that, that's when he let me know that there was another film crew coming into his life to make a doc on him at the same time I was. And I was like, this is, I could either give up because like, what the fuck? Or I could continue filming and experiment with like including that as a story element in the, in the doc. So to me, it was a no brainer at that point to just embrace the, the unexpected, the, the, the curveball and, 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 and move forward that way. Um, so that's what happened. And like at the end of the day, that seemed to pay off and was kind of, you know, a huge, if not the main feature of the right. documentary is all these twists and turns, right? So then when the Gladiators documentary uh, started to kind of like be a possibility, um, I guess I was open to, more open to twists and turns and and maybe, maybe more so it's like uh, in documentary, like I would never in a million years want to make a straightforward documentary. Um, I I want to take I want to give the viewers like a journey to go on, a somewhat of a roller coaster, you know. 
I don't know. Like, yeah, I want to make films um, as opposed to an informational documentary where here are the talking heads and then all here's the archive and thank you very much. And you learned the thing and only the thing that you came here to learn. Like I want to, yeah, I want to give the viewer an experience and, and, and the low hanging, low hanging fruit sometimes is, Oh wow. We didn't expect to learn this or be introduced to this. So we're going to give the audience that, experience or that information only at that time we're not going to start so we have somewhere to go you know right. you need to make some turns so i don't know if i'm answering your question but yeah well the yeah. american gladiators documentary the, the beginning of it feels standard you know i'm learning about standard yeah. right you know not yeah no, um, no, no, and I, then I, you I, start I, getting you start getting into it and you start seeing the vision like it was planned that way um to do it that way but to even get back to that how did you even decide upon the American Gladiators? Was it something kind of presented to you? Or, I mean, I, you said you watched it. I mean, I did too growing up. Was it something that you were just interested in? and, and Or how did you hear about the story? Um, well, n- yeah. So I grew up watching American Gladiators. I wasn't like a super fan or anything, but it was like, you know, a, a, as sure. you might have yeah. happened with you, it's like it was on and it was such a spectacle as a right. you know, probably 10, 11-year-old, 12-year-old kid watching that. So it's you know, I was aware of it. Um, right before the pandemic, uh, uh, someone at Vice Studios uh, reached out to me and was mm-hmm. saying, uh, hey, us at Vice, we're thinking about maybe doing a documentary about American Gladiators and we can maybe get the this guy, this weird guy, this creator, <laughs> guy who created the American Gladiators on board. And I was like, okay, I remember the show. I don't really know or care about a, a creator of the show, but... Um, let me look into, let me just research American Gladiators and see if there's a real story there that I can identify because I don't just want to do a straight up nostalgia doc. And then I researched it a little bit on my own and very quickly was able to identify a couple things that um, interested me. And I thought if, if we could explore those elements in a documentary about American gladiators, like we could actually do something kind of smart or kind of bigger than just the story of American gladiators. Um, and I think that's what I'm always, that's what I have in mind now. And I don't know if it's going to, if it's like a metric that's going to get tired or if it's like, or if I shouldn't be thinking this way, but like, I guess I want to try to always identify like, okay, what's the small story here? And what's mm-hmm. the big, what's the bigger story here that we're either going to be exploring or that the small story we're, will mirror and, you know, express bigger themes and bigger issues and all that stuff. So with the Gladiators one, as soon as I kind of identified or, or saw that, okay, there's this guy, Johnny Ferraro, who's the creator of the show, um, who is trying to keep this, his co-creator from being on camera on the documentary. Right. And then finding out that his co-creator has Native American roots. And like I was like, oh, the 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 telling of the American gladiator story, and and not not also included is you know the the gladiators on the show were getting sure. paid so little and getting yeah. put in danger, like just completely exploited. So like the working class being exploited by the 
you know, management or Sam Goldman company or, you know, like the, the, the fat cats and then a, a white rich guy stealing the property of a native American guys. It's, it's the history of America. So, um, you know, not to sound conceited, but I was like the telling of the American gladiator story as a microcosm for the history of, of, of America's history. So, um, I forget the question. <laughs> so no, because there's, there's so much, like even, you know, Malibu's story alone, you know, is yeah. fascinating. You, there's so much in there. When you're, when you were talking to them, did any of their, you know, particular stories really uh, stand out to you or, you know, Thunder, of course, you know, him, oh, yeah. uh, but was any of that, like, because for me, you know, watching again, as a kid, the last, my last memory of these uh, gladiators is as, you know, rip roaring taking everybody down uh, and to see them now really you know kind of hits you in the face a little bit the reality of all the stress they were they were undergoing it abs absolutely it can yeah but i i gotta say like um the gladiators we had which were limited mm -hmm. i think are are i i'm it, they're so close to my heart in a way like absolutely malibu darren mcbee incredible guy man been through a lot really unique guy played a very unique character on the show and is just such a sweetheart very religious man you know and just really um optimistic and and you just can't watch or meet Darren and hear his story and not be like this guy is the best you know right. like fully root for him uh Saber Red Williams really cool guy I got I got pretty close with him really like him um yeah, started as a gang member, got on Ameri onto American Gladiators, went into movies, and um, you know had personal like uh, experiences with his family and, and racism, of course. And you know, again, all that stuff reflects America right. and the state of America and where it was in the '90s, and and unfortunately where it is today. Uh, Gemini, Mike Horton, uh, awesome guy, extremely surprising how emotional. And messed up, he got by taking part in the American Gladiators. Mm. Is and and dealing with celebrity, he it it really messed him up, and 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 now he's he's overcome that uh, or or healed from that or something. But yeah, tons of stories that the Gladiators shared that were I was super super grateful to be able to hear those stories and be able to kind of bring them. Um, you know, express them through through the doc. Uh, yeah. And you were able to get some... There were a few uh, gladiators you couldn't get, probably most notably Nitro, but you were able to use some excerpts from, I, I believe, a book or something that he had written about it. it was Is that kind of disappointing? I would have loved to have heard their side of the story or at least maybe got them to, to, to hear it, but are they just so over it they wanted nothing to do with it at all? Well, you can happily you're going to be uh, over the moon to if you haven't already discovered that there's a, another American Gladiators documentary on Netflix. Were you not aware? Um, somebody told me about it, but I did not watch it yet. No. Well, I if you not. want, <laughs> if you want the low hanging fruit of uh, seeing, uh, hearing oh, from okay. Nitro and Ice and Zap and Tower and Laser and basically all the Gladiators, other than <laughs> the ones that we have, then. Man, do I have the documentary for you? Oh, um, so that's just like a that's your straightforward standard one. That 
that in in well, you you watch it for yourself, and okay. and, yeah, and yeah. you can let me know what you think. Um, but I'll tell you what, Twitter seems to love the Netflix one and hate 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 despise uh, the really? ESPN one. Ours, yeah. Um, I just don't know what to attribute that to, and um, I'm very very proud of. Hmm. The American Gladiators doc that we made called the American Gladiators documentary that's sure. on ESPN, um, and I just don't think it's what the I I've always I said this and experienced this with the Amazing Jonathan doc. I don't make so far. I have not made a documentary for the fans of that subject matter. I have made sure. documentaries utilizing that subject matter to make. A, a Ben Berman documentary. And I, right. I like that metric. Some other people like that, but the fans of Amazing Jonathan or the fans of American Gladiators, the people that just want to see the greatest hits up on in, in right. archive and talking head interviews uh, and watch that for you know hours um, are disappointed with my approach. Well, they want to watch the show again, essentially. Right. And not really hear about all the stuff that happens they don't care about um right. putting johnny in in a um <laughs> in space and space themes they don't care about verite investigative journalism seeking the truth regarding dan carr they don't care a lot of people don't care about that and i don't know it, it if anything it, it draws me more to my my punk roots of like well, if you don't like that, next one, we'll I'm, harder. Gonna even, yeah. I'm gonna even go more. I'm gonna subvert more. <laughs> as when you to, finally, yeah, when you finally, when Dan Carr first came on the screen, uh, I was, I almost cheered because I, I, I was, at the end, I was serious. I was like, I don't know if they're gonna get this guy. Like, spoiler uh, alert, but, but, right. yes. well, um, well, <laughs> it's, it's okay. But no, it's, it's, but yeah, I, I didn't know, and I'm like, I, they might not get him. That's okay. I can live with it. But when he came on, I'm like, great, we're gonna get to the end of it. And I don't know, like, did. Do you feel like you have the full story from Johnny Ferraro? I know that Dan said, "Hey, we kind of we, we have made amends," um, but it just seems weird to me that I don't know. I feel like it's not all there, or they didn't tell you everything. Because then you have, you know, um, uh, I'm sorry, Donnie, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. who's just cut out entirely. So, do you feel like you got you got the full story from Johnny, or is he still holding out a little bit? Well, I think I think the I think the answer is in the question kind of thing. Um, I think what's pro present in like every documentary, and especially in ours, and especially in certain uh, certain characters that we have, <laughs> certain subject subjects that we have in our doc, is everyone's got their own narrative to communicate. You know, that is going to make them feel good saying it, and going to make. The, uh, in their minds that like them feel good that the viewer is like, it's, you know, the history books. Um, yeah, clearly Johnny had a certain narrative that he, was, that was very important for him to mm -hmm. have known. But Dan Carr also had a very different narrative that I was happy to allow to finally be told. Like jo Johnny has been in the press before, you know, regarding the gladiators and all this stuff. But but this Dan Carr guy, in my judgment, as one person, I assessed it and I was like, this guy seems to have gotten the short end of the stick 
and at least deserves his words to be out there, his side of the story to be told. So, you know, no, I don't think, I don't think anyone, any Johnny or Dan or Donnie or me or you mm -hmm. is going to tell the full story because we like tell ourselves stories and we buy those stories. You know, sure. the fact that Twitter loves the Netflix doc and hates mine now, I can guarantee within that my brain is protecting me in some way and telling me right. that um, the American public, uh, the Twitter people, it's on them. It's just so sad that America has gotten to this point where all they want is a straightforward doc with nitro and ice and they don't care about the art. But mm -hmm. in reality, part of it, it might be like, okay, maybe I just made a bad doc and I haven't connected with that yet. Um, this is where you say, no, Ben, you made a great No, job. I did. I'm, I'm, I have more to ask you about it. <laughs> no, it was, um, but really, the way, the, the part that stood out to me the most, if you say, um, was towards the end when, or you did it a couple times, when you asked people when Johnny was around, hey, have you heard of yeah. uh, Johnny? And they're like, no, but have you heard of Dan Carr? They're like, oh, yeah, we, we know Dan Carr. Or when you're walking around Erie um, asking people, and Dan Carr's like, his legacy, he doesn't want to be known for American gladiators, yet he is and will be. And then Johnny really wants to be known forever by it, but nobody remembers him for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, there's kind of a, a poetic uh, sadness to that <laughs> and, a, and a truth, I think. Um, yeah. You know, the, the people of Erie and, and, and so I, the, the documentary at the end of the day, I, I, I'm very proud of it, and I still feel mm -hmm. at the very end of the day that <clears throat> it's a dock for Dan Carr and a dock for the people of Erie. Um, more more than anything, more than the show itself, more than Johnny, this creator, co-creator guy, I, I'm proud that the people of Erie, because they love and respect Dan Carr so much, like, mm -hmm. that's, that can't be a fluke. A whole town right. knows the Carr family and knows Dan Carr and respects him for the positive stuff he brought to that community through, through physicality and, and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, if you walk around uh, as, as proof in the doc, like the, the Johnny name doesn't really ring a bell to people. So who, who truly created that uh, American right. gladiator, you know, that's, that's up for the audience to decide, but um yeah, I'm happy to have been able to tell Dan's story and 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 you know uh, support and um, show respect to the people of Erie, I guess. Sure, and I think you did. It was really it was um, as far as documentaries I've seen on Erie anytime recently. It's been <laughs> in the in the best light uh, to talk about filmmaking a little more. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy that you did, like when you went to, did you go to Donnie Blasky's house like totally unannounced, or did you? call them up ahead of time like because that's we, like guerrilla type journalism stuff and it's like it's we, fun we, we, we went other places completely unannounced yeah. but what when we went to donnie that was scheduled okay um, but still there were spots that you are you know you're going up to people like you see on tiktoks and stuff asking questions there like i thought that part uh and that part of your film style was really um genuine totally. yeah yeah thanks um yeah no i i, I love seeing stuff like that it's so weird or when you went on the news when you went on the news and you were yeah. hoping that dan would see it yeah 
Yeah, yeah, and and but more so like us going to that uh, food bank early on in the second mm -hmm. part because and it's such a it's such a flimsy reason to to go there. We were, if I remember correct, there was a guy that wrote an article that who interviewed Dan in two thousand eight, Jerry yeah, Weiss, yeah. who then was no longer a journalist, and then we saw we found out that he was working at this food bank. So we go to this food bank. He's not there, but we talked to another lady who knows Dan, who knows right, of Dan. He's brought it up. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's a... Uh, yeah, clearly yeah. we completely just walked in there unannounced. And uh, I love stuff like that. There's a filmmaker, a British documentary filmmaker, whose name's Nick Broomfield, who does, does that. His style of filmmaking is um, very, very much that. And he also... In, in the doc, especially in the second part, you see that like I'm holding like a boom mic and I'm like the sound yeah. guy. Um, I literally stole that device from him. He's this okay. British documentarian that he's the sound guy and he goes, knocks on doors, barges into places, trying to get answers and stuff. And he did a, a, a doc on uh, Curtin Courtney. I think it was called Curtin Courtney. Okay. And he did a doc on um, Suge Knight, I think. No. Tupac and Suge Knight or something, and uh, yeah, he's done a bunch of a bunch of stuff. But um, I, I basically just ripped him off for the five documentary fans that might know <laughs> of of, the, of him. Well, I want to ask you too with making documentaries. I, I could be totally off base, but it seems like now would be a better time than 10, 15 years ago because it's easier to get that in front of people. You know, to to watch a streaming documentary whereas maybe i wouldn't have gone and seen it somewhere or, or bought it on dvd previously D do you have any thoughts on that or yeah there's no question that like documentary projects documentary series documentary you know features are extremely or much more popular now and are an industry into unto themselves um than they were yeah even 15 years ago or 20 years ago they used to be these like more on the art side and more rare and like you know mm -hmm. how many people were going to a theater to watch documentaries like right. i i've been to a couple throughout the years but i'm also like a film guy sure. um but now look at fucking netflix look at any streamer right. or whatever and the quantity is extremely vast the market constantly goes when it's up man it is up you can make docs for fairly cheap and sell for mm -hmm. a lot and um but last year at sundance uh i heard like no docs sold so the the market is extremely erratic right now i've been told it's it's not a good time to sell or buy docs no one's buying them or commissioning them so i don't really know but yeah now i don't know the 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 with all the positive that comes with like docs are popular now and that people that make them have more opportunities to, to make them and get people's money to make them and sell them and all that stuff. Um, the negative is, is pretty clear to me too, which is one thing so far, both documentaries that I made had a competing doc doc with the Jonathan doc, not only another film crew, but like three other film crews. Is that films. a purpose? Is that like when they do like the two movies at the same time type thing? Like the black I don't think it's you don't know. It's not on purpose. I don't think it's just like it's the state of documentary documentary film now. It's like 
everyone's vying for the same subjects, you know, and trying to say, okay, right. remember, let's think about something that was popular 30 years ago, and then let's make a doc on that. You're not the only person thinking sure. that way. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but also, like, the quality, some stuff that is being called documentary now is basically reality TV shot with an Alexa camera <clears throat> and packaged slightly differently, but it's, it's garbage. There's a lot right. of garbage out there. And um, my worry is that people are getting used to the garbage or, or have always been used to the garbage. And that when something that I'm not going to say very good or much better comes out, but different people are just like, I don't know if they have the stomach for it. I think people just want that, that, that simple thing, that comfortable thing, as opposed to maybe some of the things that I do. But I, I, I can't I can't stop. I don't want to stop doing the, the function. Well, I, I read an interview you did after you did the amazing Jonathan where you, you know, you talked about projects that you want to do. Oh and cool. um you focus on things that are meaningful. Uh, you know, you want people to be able to to laugh and cry. And is that still how you approach, you know, each project? And, you know, are, are you thinking about um, something new or how do you kind of go about that process? The laughing and crying mixture is, is absolutely like in my DNA as a, as a creator of, of anything or in a, in a receiver of anything. I, I like stuff that balances darkness and lightness and humor and, and, um, you know, emotion. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I, I'll always be interested in that and, and probably can't not do something that balances those things. And especially with the Jonathan doc, like sometimes in like within the same, like 30 seconds, it would go from something very emotional to something very funny. And I, I love that. I love, I love that. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I, Moving for, meaningful, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I to communicate that, to articulate that sounds dumb. <laughs> to, to, to I like know. Say. No, I'm it's subjective, I guess. But yeah, but um, but uh, but yes, I would like things to be meaningful as opposed to just low hanging fruit of like, look at the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, we're done with the thing. The good job. <laughs> yeah, um, and so yeah, yeah, how do you pick? How do you decide? Like. Have you decided you're going to work on something next? What is that process like, and how do you do that? Yeah, it's maybe, maybe, maybe that's all it, that it takes is deciding, and that's something maybe I've lost over over the years or something to some degree. But like, I'm playing around with some ideas, some thoughts uh, for potential documentaries. I'd certainly like to do narrative, and I'd like to manifest some narrative projects or a narrative project. Um, yeah, there is a project, documentary project that a couple younger producers came to me, uh, with, and we've been kind of, um, developing it or talking about it, researching it, it a little bit. Um, I won't say what it is in case someone hears this and we're yeah, like, geez. okay, let's fuck with Berman again and do a comp competing doc. But yes, it would, the goal of course, and the subject matter would balance darkness and humor it deals basically with like the prison system and executions and stuff like that but would be a, right. a way different approach it wouldn't be a social justice doc it would be done through through whatever it is that i do um 
So yeah, but also like, it's not, that's not a project that I would just start like making a feature doc, you know, mm -hmm. like on my own or with my own money necessarily, but we're going to like film, we're going to go to this location. We're going to film for a few days. I'll cut together, you know, a little sizzle teaser trailer and I'll see what it is. We'll see if there's actual value there and then we'll go try to like pitch it. So it's uh, to answer your question, it's, it's maybe less about, which this is maybe a mistake, less about <laughs> deciding which project I'm going to do. And it's a little bit more about testing out some ideas, you know, putting it on its feet and seeing if what we think is the value of this project and what will deliver if it actually is valuable and delivers. And so, I mean, do you, do you have projects that don't go anywhere? You know, that you're like, hey, that was a good idea, but I don't think it's going to. Um, I'm sh yeah, I'm sure. I even sure if just I have in the, in the past. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, no, absolutely. I did. After the Jonathan doc, um, I shot, I got uh, that same producer, Simon Chin and his company aboard. And we went out and shot and pitched um, a doc series centered around me. It was called The Deceivers. And um, it was me. Every episode would be a new, like, protagonist, new subject that was deceptive in some way. Uh, okay. And I would go seek the truth and try to basically use deception against them to reveal the truth kind of thing. It was a cool teaser we put together, and it looked like it could have gone somewhere, but... I think we overestimated um, me under. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We overestimated the desire for a Ben Berman. <laughs> right. Like There's still cast. time. You, know, huh? you, can still do, you can still do something like that in the future. I don't um, even want to anymore. I'd like to moving forward. I don't plan on having me in the docs seeking the truth. I'm done with that. I'd mm -hmm. like to do what I do in a more nuanced way and not like try to, like point fingers at, you know, these people that might not be telling the truth. Um, I just like to observe and paint a nice, even picture of things uh, and have my directorial voice be the voice as opposed to actually my, 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 my real voice. <laughs> and but, like to all of that point, all, all those topics that you're, you're covering, if you could talk to yourself or a, aspiring filmmaker one maybe even in the, in the lehigh valley um what kind of advice would you give um them if they're starting out now or getting more interested in it or experimenting like you did it's absolutely all about like just doing it just doing stuff talking about it is, mm -hmm. o is only talking about it and only goes so far and and philosophizing and talking and deciding what you you don't want things to be and all that stuff like the real you will you will become a filmmaker you will learn only by or more much more by doing so like go shoot a five minute thing go shoot a thing that you don't even know what it is and then go back and edit it and I encourage as many people to to edit the real value of quality, I think, every everything's in the edit. Most mm -hmm. things are in the edit. So, so I, 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 I 
encourage people to edit as well. But to do, don't over philosophize, just start doing it and enjoy as much as you can. And it's not always going to be enjoyable. <laughs> All right. Um, and of course, I have to ask the ubiquitous question. Like when you are back in the Lehigh Valley, is there anything you, do you have any go-tos? Is there something that you always try to do when you're here? I'm trying to figure that out. Cause like after we get off, I'm going to go drive around and I'm like, where, where should I go? Yeah. I, want, I always do love going to the Allentown farmer's market, sure. which is closed today. Cause it's Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, so no bagels or pickles for me at the farmer's market. I'm thinking of maybe, well, Ham Fam, you know, Ham Hamilton. Absolutely. I was, believe it or not, my wife and I were in a commercial for Ham Fam about <laughs> eight years ago. Really? <laughs> on, yeah, it was on FMZ. She knew the one producer guy. They just needed somebody to do the commercial. So we got paid free dinner and it was one of those like five minute things. It, but yeah. Awesome. But Ham yeah, Fam's great. Ham, gr growing up, you know, going to high school uh, and even, you know, college coming back. Ham Fam was the spot to go at night. And I think we just smoked cigs in there and just, you know, everyone. I think got they serve like, it's, uh, the Lehigh Valley is a great place. They serve like alcohol in the diners yeah. around here. There's at least few. Um, right on. Yeah. I was talking to some friends. If we were going to do a documentary about anything in the Lehigh Valley, it would probably be either hot dog related or Tacos. like a documentary about, well, I'm a pot guy. Because um, oh, cool. people get really mad about it, like which hot dog place you have. But I think it's really unique that they even exist. You know, these mom and pop places like Pots that have like three or locations. So it's yeah, really interesting. But I'm thinking about if I end up driving by Yakos popping in. I'm vegetarian. Yeah. But I would uh, imagine at at this point they they would have a veggie dog. I I wonder it if they. Would, do I would be surprised in 2023 if Yakos didn't have a veggie dog. But hey, Ben, I. I really appreciate you taking time to speak with me. Um, no, honestly, uh, fascinating. I encourage if you haven't seen it yet, don't watch the Netflix one or watch this one first and then watch the Netflix one. Or do whatever you want. But yeah, ours is the the American Gladiators documentary on ESPN+. Plus. You can also get it, uh, get ep those two parts on uh, via Amazon. Yeah, I, I do have to thank you due to watching the documentary i had to like do that disney bundle so i like saved five bucks yeah so i appreciate that so now i, I have that as well uh so, happy happy you did let's tell tell disney tell espn and maybe i'll get a kickback get a kickback that'd be great ben thank you so much for taking time on a sunday i appreciate it great to uh, meet and you. hopefully we'll hopefully we'll talk again hope so have a good one thanks for having me